This is Courage Cast. Faith, inspiration, and motivation for today. Well, welcome to another episode of Courage Cast. I'm Eric Nordoff, still out here in Western Michigan, enjoying the beautiful sunshine and the beautiful breeze that's here in Western Michigan visiting my in-laws. Well, this episode is a little bit longer than normal, so please forgive me, but there's just so many great nuggets here in my interview with Neil Anderson, author of Being the Starfish. Now, there's some great elements for network marketers, and if you're in doTERRA, you really need to listen because this is getting into the share cycle. But also, if you're an entrepreneur in business in any way, there are just some great nuggets to take away here and add to your life, whatever it is that you're pursuing. So without further ado, let me give you and share with you part four of my interview with Neil Anderson, author of Being the Starfish. So is anything else on controlling the controllables that, that um, I think involves fear? I think the main thing is the attitude that you talked about already. But then there's work yeah. habits and how well you serve people. I, I think that's pretty self-explanatory. Um, that becomes easier um, the longer you, you do this. Unless yeah, you have the, something yeah. you want to touch on related to that. Well, just, yeah, the, the work habits, meaning that, you know, if, if here's the thing is that people will put their success in their production. And that's typically how most sales is. You know, the first thing that happens, sales manager calls you up. Hey, how you doing? Trying to make a little, and like, what are your numbers? Right. Mm -hmm. And never focusing, very rarely focusing on your work habits. And work habits are something you can control. You can control picking up the phone or, you know, however you're going to communicate. You can control inviting somebody or setting an appointment, you know, doing the presentation, doing the follow-up. And what ends up happening is, is that we put our success in the result, which doesn't happen all the time, the positive result. Because if it did, everybody would be in sales, right? But what, what we want to do is we want to put our success in things we can control so we can always be successful. So if our goal is, you know, if we only say, well, I want to have 10 enrollments every month, okay? And you don't have 10 enrollments, what are you then? You're a failure. If you're a failure, yeah. right. You're a failure, right? So you put but, your identity, you put your, your worth and your value in that. Yeah, and, that, and that's, that's not where we really want to be. What we want to do is we want to put our, our self-esteem and our work habits, and we want to put them in things. So we say, listen, you know what? I'm going to go out and serve everybody today as best I can. I'm going to help every family know that, you know, that what we do and the value proposition and how it can positively help their family. And I'm going to make sure that I make X amount of you know, contacts and I'm going to make sure that I have X amount of um, you know, people like that that I invite. Because that's the other thing. You can contact people all day long, but if you sit there and babble on forever without inviting them to something, nothing happens. Right. So if I get home at the end of the day and I have zero enrollments, but I had 15 contacts, right? You know, I called 25 people, actually got a hold of 15. I invited, I invited all of them, but, you know, seven, you know, committed to coming to a presentation or an appointment or whatever your business, you know, how, how you define that. And I left everybody in a better mood than I found them. I'm successful because the law of averages says you're going to have enough and, and God will meet your need. I think a lot of people talk about God meets your needs. And I had a very wise person told me that God meets your need, what you need now. 
not a bunch of them. He meets the need you need right now. And sometimes that's just, God, give me somebody to come to a class. <laughs> One person, you know, and that's what would happen with me. I would say, God, you know what? I can't handle this anymore. I'm trying, but this is so frustrating. Like, let's see how powerful you really are. And uh, like the next house by, and you know what would happen? The next, next house, house would buy. buy. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. You know, he is faithful even when we feel shortchanged by him. You know, oh, yeah. Uh, we can get so easily down the rabbit trail of feeling sorry for ourselves, self-pity. Uh, we can put our worth into results. You know, it, it's just all of this stuff. I just, I just, honestly, sometimes I just want to pull people out of it and be like, no, this is not who right. you are. It's not who you're created right. to be. God's given you a great calling. Now go do it. Right. Go do it. Stop trying to prove yourself to others or trying to prove your worth or whatever in your in your performance or your lack of performance and just go out there and do it right that's when things change for you well and it changes when you um when you don't have things like rank and recognition and you don't have you know these titles and everything because you know just like with our kids mm-hmm. i'll say did you do your best mm-hmm. and caleb will say yeah i did and i'm like perfect let's move on right Right. I mean, it's, it's not you, you can only be the number one you and then only the number two someone else. You probably heard that a million times. I've never heard and, it put that way. OK. Actually. Right. Well, right. So so now some people can use that as an excuse to not, you know, do better or whichever. But, you know, I think what I find, at least in our business, which which I love, is this focus on this rank and and people do things crazy to get it. And then there's like, you know, some carpet walk and, you know, some hoot and holler. And I'm sitting there going, it's not about me at all. Mm-hmm. It's about what God has put as a, as a responsibility for me. And it's about all the other people. And it's about my team. And I can't do any one thing except submit my life outside of that. It's, it's not just me. Although there's many times I'm corrected by my wife that I do do that just because I'm, I'm human but, um, you know, that's where it's more of like you, you almost feel embarrassed. Like I, I never wanted to do that stuff. I didn't want to, you know, play some song and jump down an aisle. It's not me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not ripping on people that do it, but I've just I've sort of trained myself that, you know, if something good really happens, then it's because it's supposed to because we're on the, the path of trying to help God fulfill what he needs to have happen at that moment in time, like me being at that picnic bench. Being there for that mom, giving her some little bit of hope. Yeah, I love it. I love it. What are some of the more important principles in the share cycle that uh, where you're going to encounter fear or you need the most courage? Um, what are what are what are the most? I mean, fishing. The share mm-hmm. cycle is this. So we've got we've got fishing, contacting, share, invite, explore, teach, summarize, close enroll, follow-up referrals. I mean, there's fear involved yeah. in each one of these items yeah. in the share cycle. So is there a general mindset? Ah, mindset. I said the word mindset. <laughs> I know you love the word mindset. Oh, but my is, God. There, is yeah. there a general... Um, frame of mind. Frame of mind or thought. <laughs> or do you have any advice or, or tips for each one of these steps in the share cycle to is there like one general thing that you would say to someone 
that is encountering a block or an obst or, or is challenged in, in each one of these? What, what is it that you find as you're coaching people? So I'll, that's great. I'll, I'll just walk through them real quickly and, okay. and, and just give us a, a snippet. Uh, so on the fishing part, right, where do the excuses come up? And, and I don't use the word block because I don't think people have blocks. I think they just don't have education. Mm-hmm. It's just like with network marketing. It's not that people have a block against network marketing. I think that's a fancy sort of new age term that people use to sell life coaching. I don't know. But um, it's, it's really more of education because once you're educated on the model and who uses it and, you know, Bill Gates is like I would, you know, if, if I was going to start over, it would, you know, Microsoft would have been network marketing. Um, it's, it's education that people need. Okay. So on the fishing aspect of it, which is, you know, old fashioned prospecting, but I like the analogy of fishing because that's sort of analogy in the Bible, but also you want to have multiple poles in the water. Um, the one that happens there is I am going to, um, sort of pre-qualify people too much, right? Um, you should pre-qualify people, you know, do they have money and can they really afford and are they open to what we're, we're doing initially, but trying to say, oh, they probably wouldn't buy. Oh, they probably wouldn't buy. And remember, what's the payoff? The payoff is you don't have to face your fear. Face your fear or your rejection. Right. Mm-hmm. On the contacting one, what ends up happening is, is people will contact one or two people. They don't get the response they want and they quit. Oh, I'll go back, do it tomorrow. All right. So you want to make sure that you make your list, make it the night before, and your job is not to sell people. Your job is to make a list and cross them off the list. Some are going to buy. Some are going to come to a, a class. Some are going to enroll. And it doesn't matter because you need calls, contacts, invitations, classes, um, and, and enrollments to have a good day. Mm-hmm. right? And you don't care what you get. You just got to have those. Um, in the sharing aspect of it, and then what that is, if you're not in, in kind of a doTERRA business, is that you may share a sample with somebody. Or if you're presenting in corporate America, you know, you may share a, a, a one-week trial with somebody. Is You need to make sure at that point that you don't continue to talk and talk and talk um, and do a mini presentation. And you because, that because you're afraid. Yeah, you keep talking. They can't tell you no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's the, that's the payoff. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, And then the next one, like invite and invite stage is uh, back to sort of being scary with the contacting, like you're biting your fingernails off, praying to God they don't, you know, answer the phone or open the door or whichever. And in that invite stage, again, we have to be very um, succinct, inspire people to want to get to the to the presentation, not buy. That's not your goal. Your goal is to teach them how to live the lifestyle. Whether they enroll or not is is their business, and you can help motivate them to do that through teaching the class. So that's one of the areas that's key to realize that you will continue to talk and talk and talk. And if you just say, just like you would if you're if you're having a Indy 500 party this weekend, right? Hey, I'm having a party Friday night. You want to come? Okay, great. Or let me know. I don't need to put you on the spot, but you know, let me know in 24 hours. I got to you know RSVP. Yeah. Uh, the explore stage has been changed to the class before the class. And what that is is sort of the old school needs analysis. I need to know about what's important to you, what your hopes and dreams are, what you're trying to accomplish before I tell you anything about any products or any deals or any specials. The problem with our business and a lot of other businesses is people lead with the deal. And unfortunately, that's not direct selling. That's retail. Mm-hmm. You know, Retail doesn't have an educated person. I don't mean if you do retail, you're not. But the goal of retail is bricks and mortar 
and let's go ahead and have a special. And that's what gets you in the store. And the clerk typically is, do we have it in stock? That looks good on you. You know, let me see if, you know, what size we have and all that. Right. Um, so we've got to do that explore stage. But the fear that kicks in uh, and what happens is people jump right to showing the product. Right. Because they're nervous, right? Yeah, so instead they just need to ask questions so they get totally. to know them. And people yeah. like to be asked. People do oh my like God. to be asked. That's one of my favorite parts. Let me just take a sidestep for a second on this because yeah. um, I want you to know I have someone on our doTERRA team who took that to heart. Uh-huh. And the way she does her she, – she is a winner at class before the class. Here's what she does. She sets up a Facebook event. Um, she invites uh, her, her, the people she's teaching the class, but someone else is hosting it. So the person sets up the Facebook event, they invite all of their people. And as people get added to the group, she asks them questions beforehand so that the person teaching Jen, her, her name is, she, she is asking them questions like, you know, where are you now? What are some of the things you yeah. heard about essential oils? And she's uh-huh. already started the dialogue with them before the class even starts. And then wow. by the time she gets to the class, she feels like she already knows them. It's a lot more work to do it this way. She, she, she'll admit it. But sure. she says the payoff at the end is that people are already so warm and open They've already made up their mind if they're going to buy that the class is just kind of an afterthought and it's a short class and they end up buying and and she has the highest LRP rate. I think 52 out of 54 people that she's enrolled through this process are on loyalty rewards program. No way. Yeah. That's awesome. So a little edification for you that it it definitely – it it really works and uh, it takes a lot of the pressure off. Well, I learned that from – you know, uh, and where it turned around for me, I was at Southwestern was doing that because, you know, a lot of times you just be, oh, here's the books and you open it up and you're like, OK, it's got pages just like all the thousand other ones my family has, <laughs> you know. But when you're asking the questions um, and I always relate sales to dating. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're you're pretty much going to want to get to know the person and ask, you know, what do you like? And, you know, you like fishing. Oh, you don't. Okay. You're out. Um, you know, <laughs> those types of things. So, um, so that is a very, it's, it's actually where 80 to 90% of the sale is made yeah. or the enrollment or your, you know, whichever you're trying to do. Um, and then when we get to, but the fear is if I do that and I felt this, if I ask the questions, I'm going to have somebody go, listen, buddy, just move on with your presentation, quit the sales pitch. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I learned to say, hey, why don't I just save the fancy sales pitch and just get right to it? And then I would just go into the sales pitch. Um, so, so anyway, um, okay, so then we get to the teach part. Now, there's a couple different places where fear kind of comes in. Number one is, is I don't want to teach a class, and that's fine, okay? But you can't be successful doing what we're doing unless you teach. But the other one is, is okay, I'll teach. But yeah, then it's been five months, and they haven't actually done it. And some people are perfectionists, right? And we can do another call on buying um, sort of passion profile styles, which is unreal. And that's why you have people that that do different things. And these sort of um, processors, as we call them, need to know every page of one of those oil education books mm-hmm. before they'll teach because they don't – their biggest fear, remember, the payoff of them not teaching a class – is that they don't get a, then they won't get a question they don't know the answer to. Right. Yeah. Right. So that's really, really important. So in the teaching part, we also can tend to want to focus on the product 
And remember, people don't buy the product. They buy the pain or the pleasure that the product adds or takes away. That's it. But we jump right in, go oh, look at this. And for our instance, you know, this is peppermint and this is what it does. Okay. So we have to make it fun and engaging. And we say, you know, how many times has anybody experienced a hot day out in the garden? You know, mm-hmm. tell me about that. And, you know, uh, well, you know, Sally loves the fact that she can just put some peppermint on the back of her neck and she has a cooling sensation, mm-hmm. you know, for the next hour and a half. Right. Can you see why everybody gets it? Okay. Very simple. The next one, summarizing, not a big deal. That's just summarizing the the pain or the pleasure points back to the presentation. Mm-hmm. Closing, big, big opportunity for fear and a need for some courage mm-hmm. is because that is another decision point, just like contacting and inviting. Mm-hmm. And remember, I, I put in the very first quote in the book, uh, which is um, your success and significance in life will be in direct proportion to the number of times you put others and yourself in a position to hear yes or no. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the close aspect is a point at which you put somebody in a position to say yes or no. And the reason that people don't go through the closing process is what's the payoff? I don't have to feel that fear. So what I'll do is instead of using a memorized close, right, and closing the way people like to be closed, right, and getting home and with their life and actually getting a decision at the end of the presentation or the class, what they do is they just kind of done with their dog and pony show and then they say, so I'll be over here if anybody has any questions, right? <laughs> and the payoff is I really won't get rejection because the only the people that want to do it are going to come over, but we're in direct selling. And th- those people are not going to show up. Nope. Right. Because that's why they use us. Mm-hmm. So that's um, that's one. And I, closing is awesome because all you're doing is giving people the confidence that what they told you in the class or the presentation matched what our product can do or our service can do. And then you're just kind of putting that on a silver platter and saying, this is the best solution for you. Go ahead and fill out your name and address on here and we'll get it shipped out tomorrow. Right. And you're instilling that confidence. Um, And then enrolling is, you know, that's kind of that same process. And then referrals and follow up. That's a tough one, too, because there's another point of decision. So somebody says, well, you know, I got to go talk to my husband. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, we've got to be able to answer some of those objections. Hopefully we've covered them before they came up and said in the presentation, this is why all the the dads love this. Right. That way, at the end, they won't say that they don't. Um, But uh, asking people. You know, as you were going through the, the, the class tonight, most people tell me they have five to ten people that come to mind that should have been here. Right. Yep. So write those people down. And then I use this language as a professional courtesy because mm-hmm. that kind of makes it like I, you know, I'm going out of my way, which I am. Right. Mm-hmm. Because I'd rather be hanging out with my kids. Not that I don't love you all, but um, and my wife and everything else and traveling around the RV. But as a professional courtesy, I'll come and teach them, too. Mm hmm. Okay. Yeah. And, 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 but the fear, what's the fear is you think back to the vacuum cleaner guy, or you think back to the insurance salesman that like asked you for all the names. And then your friend was like, why in the world did you have the, you know, 
insurance guy call me. You know, why? I remember my first summer, I, I followed the vacuum cleaner guy and he had the exact same cheap Cherokee that I did. So I learned to think on my feet and because I had some people going, oh, you're the vacuum cleaner guy. I'm like, no. So I would say, hey, I'm, a, I'm the guy that's been calling on all the people that the vacuum cleaner guy already talked to. You qualify, right? So you got to be able to kind of move that around. humor about it. Right. But that's, that's another fear part. And when I do this, and Eric, you took the kind of the starfish 10-week thing. And I don't know if you remember me asking how many of you get you know, referral people. Yeah. You, know, you get people to talk to, mm-hmm. new people to talk to at the class. And most people were like, oh, yeah. I've never done that. Right. No, I don't do it. Zero. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it's because it's a fear thing. But if you think about it, if you just had a positive experience – Okay, and my goal is to get your your friends to to the positive experience, whether they buy or not. Why wouldn't you want to help your friends? Right, of course. We do it. We do it all day long. Right. Hey, I just went and saw the best movie. You guys got to go. I just went to Yellowstone, and you wouldn't believe Fishing Bridge Campground. You know those types of things. So that's in a nutshell. Those are the main things that you got to walk out, watch out for. And when you're coaching people, that's why you ask them. You know, on a scale of one to ten, like how do you feel about contacting? The last two phone calls you made, what did you tell yourself before you picked up the phone? Mm. Right? That, I mean, those are the things that just bring up the feeling and, the, and, and they have to like you enough to share. Right. But, um, you know, the, the majority of the personal growth that anyone will get is uh, in the prospecting. Yeah. Because prospecting gets, keeps you humble. Prospecting is the absolute best personal growth that I've ever experienced. Mm-hmm. Um, and it helps you learn more about human nature. Um, and it's, it's awesome. And the, and the, the, I don't want to say the control that it puts you in, but the confidence that you get that if you can prospect in life, you will always be able to feed your family. Mm. Yeah, that's good. And we're I don't talking- care if you're going to build a church or if you're going to build a bait shop or if you're going to build a doTERRA business. Yeah, it all it all plays the same role. Well, friends, that is part four, the end of part four of my interview with Neil Anderson. He is a hoot. He is uh, exactly who he wants to be, very authentic, and I love that about Neil. So, guys, uh, we're going to finish up tomorrow with our final part of our five-part interview with Neil Anderson, author of Being the Starfish, and uh, we'll dive into specifically what final advice Neil has for you. Specifically, he talks to the stay-at-home mom, the typical wellness advocate in doTERRA, but the typical person that has a dream and is wanting to pursue something and encounters fears like the rest of us do. So I'm looking forward to sharing that part in that interview final part of our interview with Neil Anderson. I'll be back again tomorrow with our final episode. I'm Eric Nordoff, and this is CourageCast. Cast.